0: The following episode of Days of Thunder is brought to you as part of the Pro Wrestling Only podcast network. Go to ProWrestlingOnly.com to enjoy other fine podcasts, as well as match reviews, book reviews, video game reviews, and of course our forums. Let's start the show. Hello there Thunder Buddies and Travellers down Thunder Road. It is us, Days of Thunder, the WCW Thunder Rewatch podcast that you didn't ask for but we did anyway, coming to you as part of the Pro Wrestling Only Podcast Network. I am your host, your grand entrepreneur upon Thunder Road, Dave Ryan, and I'm joined in the passenger seat by my faithful co-host, Stagger Lee Malone. Lee, how are you this fine evening?
1: I'm not too bad. I'm uh, doing okay. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm all right. I'm I'm doing okay. Um, I'm kind of recovered from my my trip to Oberhausen that I took uh, and enjoyed uh, since our last program. Um, and I'm kind of back, trying to get into my uh, my uh, as normal a life as I as I can as I can muster at the best of times. You know me. The, I like the to new keep things different. Yeah, look, I it's it's a thing worth saying at the top of things. We all know what's going on. Um, but our show and any podcast I appear on, I have made a commitment and Lee has thankfully joined me in that commitment that we are not going to mention that thing. Um, days of thunder is an oasis for us to jump back into 1998 (laughs) when things were simple and dumb. Um, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for the sake of you at home getting to take a couple hours off everything shitty that's going out there. And this would be the same with any big, really, world event. Like, we're just not going to talk about it too much on this show.
1: Well, um, at least
0: until Goldberg becomes president. Yeah, until until that inevitable day, my friend. Yes, that's for sure. Um, but just before, like, we, we go into never mentioning again, I just want you to know that we all... We're all here as one big Thunder family. We hope you're all safe. We hope you're all doing well. And we will get through this. Uh, and by this, I mean Thunder. Um... <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's a very apt introduction to this show because, goddamn, is this the worst episode of Thunder we have Ooh. had to put up with so far.
0: Oh, boy. This is... This is a prime cut of the period of thunder that I have always been afraid of us getting to and we're just going to have to get through to get to the real fun bad stuff and this is where a show is bad in a way that doesn't entertain me Mm -hmm. Um, and I do promise you when it gets to 99-2000 I will be able to have a tremendous amount of fun with it Uh, Because I did at the time watching it and, you know, uh, failing being able to come up with any sort of novel analysis on things. You know, we're known for our cutting edge analysis, really. Failing that, I will always be able to try and recount you uh, to you as best I can what a young uh, 9, 10, 11 year old Dave thought of these affairs on Thunder because I was an avid Thunder watcher. Um, at some point in 1999. I'm actually really curious to see what the first thing I very clearly Mm -hmm. remember is uh, happening on Thunder. I feel like it's going to come to me like a Vietnam flashback (laughs) where it's like somebody (laughs) will just say something and it'll just all kind of fucking rush back to me. Um, So look forward to that. Um, Lee, thankfully, whenever Mm -hmm. we have a real bad show uh, or we need a pick-me-up, we... Reach, ha- reach out, reach our hands across to the Thunder Buddies. And they've come in uh, in spades again here. Uh, you tweeted out earlier this evening that you wanted questions, whether wrestling related or not. And we're going to answer them on the show. Now, I've seen a couple of these because I was tagged personally in a couple of them. The rest of them I was kind of just blind retweeting. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to come in as unprepared as possible.
1: Yeah, I, I saw one or two. And mm. I haven't really thought about them because I've been having... First of all, before we even recorded this episode, my yeah. Wi-Fi went down. So I had no yeah. internet for about, let's say, nearly an hour, an hour and a half before we recorded this show. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and then I when, I like, did,
1: when it did come back, my computer wouldn't work.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, is this show just cursed now? Is this what's going to happen? Like, we had my technical difficulties last time and now it's and now it's your turn. Um but thankfully, yeah, the El Murdoch got up a telephone pole somewhere and uh, your, your Wi-Fi came back. We're back up and running, hopefully. Well, hope, ho- I'm hoping this has been recorded. Yeah, we need to, <laughs> fingers crossed. You know, touch a bit of wood. Uh, but Lee, I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, normally we do it after the questions, but there's a lot of questions here. And your boy has a mighty thirst. So I think we should talk about what beverages we have brought for uh, listener questions and and for Thunder episode 23 this week. So what are you rocking, my friend? Well,
1: I put out a tweet about 15 minutes before we were supposed to
0: record. Which ended, <laughs> and got which ed- called out something rotten.
1: Which ended up being about 45 minutes before we started recording. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had technical difficulties and I had a dog that wouldn't come in from the back yeah. and... garden. <laughs> two, two different set of difficulties, but both very difficult things to put up with. <laughs> both
1: legit. <laughs> Um, and yes, I ended up getting called out very viciously by a lot of our followers, <laughs> and one of your colleagues, <laughs> and, and you. But I mean, like, your opinion does not count on these things. <laughs> um, yeah, like all I, all I did was ask what what I should drink, and you all basically called me a coward. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I don't put up with this ki- this kind of stick. Like, I, I won't stand for this. This so, aggression shall not stand. So I went and got.
0: Two whiskeys. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to enjoy for the show to show. <laughs> so it's like you said whiskey or Guinness, wasn't yeah. it? And you were called a coward for not doing both. So you've gone way the other way. And instead I, of doing like a mildly alcoholic beverage and a strong alcoholic No, beverage, I've just gone, for, gone two for two strong beverages. <laughs> so so what whiskeys you got?
1: I've got two double Bushmills. Oh, because like Ooh. I say, this is a rotten show.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I saw what you were going for, though. Yes. After calling you a coward, I feel like I had to, I had to put up or shut up. Um, so I have a double teelings uh, in my teelings glass that I got for Christmas at a very competitive rate, as I mentioned <laughs> in the show before. Uh, Love a bargain. And leaning into comfort on the program, uh, I have got a blue moon Belgian white. Uh, as well so uh, we're both go, going with the favourites
1: for for the time of for this really really bad show we had to go for the yeah. comfort
0: choices so I'm just going to take a sip of my whiskey just kick things off oh that's the stuff and uh, we're going to go to listener questions straight up okay let's so if there was a WCW wrestler in 1998 this question by the way comes from El Hijo de Corey Macklin what Twitter. a what a name by the way. <laughs> I hope I did it justice. Um if uh in 1998 a WCW wrestler were to win a Darwin Award, uh who would it be? I say Van Hammer or Roadblock. Now, are you familiar with the Darwin Awards? It's kind of like a comedy award, isn't it? It's like um
1: taking the piss out of people that win it it's it,
0: it is it is essentially uh an award given for somebody who manages uh we won't say the charmer awards are typically for somebody who dies in a great stupid uh bit of misfortune okay but we'll, we'll say in in this case um somebody to make a colossally stupid decision um, in this case. We'll expand it to that. I don't okay. want to go... I don't necessarily go as grim as, say, somebody who would be so stupid they would die of being stupid. Um, but, yeah, we're looking for the uh, the anti-MENSA of the Thunder roster here. Uh, and, yeah, Leo de Corey Macklin says uh, Van Hammer or Roadblock. Um, Van, now, Van Hammer I would know, be a strong candidate, wouldn't he? Van Hammer, definitely a strong candidate. Um, I think... I think a lot of people when they see or hear this question will be inclined to say something like Reese. But uh, <laughs> that, that's very unfair. Just because he's large, lumbering, and doesn't really say anything, but I would say, you know, deep beneath that thick, thick skull there is there is quite the mind, you know. Raven doesn't suffer fools. Um so I'd say he's like playing four D chess with Raven backstage <laughs> at these shows. So Jesus. Uh, I'm. I'm not going to go with that. Uh, what about you? Who are you thinking of? <sighs> hmm. I get the impression that Glacier just isn't that clever. Ooh, that's a curveball. I wouldn't have expected that one now from you. Hmm. I don't know. Something just mm. strikes me of like guy who thinks he's in Mortal Combat. Just he, he's probably not all there. <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> to say what is popular, I will take that thing, isn't a bad shout. Um, I'm trying to think: is there anyone in kayfabe who like makes really like consistently stupid decisions? Um, I suppose J Sting. J. J Dillon, <laughs> J J Dillon, yeah, <laughs> constantly being nearly outsmarted by Chris Jericho, um, but Sting as well, like constantly like. Getting into situations where he loses belts or uh, loses partners, people or, or torn on him like constantly. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, but do you know who who else I'm going to go for here? And it kills me to say so because I love him. Go for it. Mike Tanay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that one. The world's worst detective. It's uh, it's Listen, been a running just, thing on this show. Just because
1: show. he's an Owen Tree in solving cases doesn't mean he's the worst detective.
0: He's the worst detective on the Thunder roster, <laughs> that's for sure. He has the worst clearance rate in the department. So, you know what we need is when we get round to Halloween Havoc that Taney is dressed as Sherlock Holmes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is what we need from from one Iron Mike Tanae. Um but yeah, I, th- I can't really think of an advance on uh, on Tanae or Sting uh, in storyline for like being consistently portrayed as people who just just can't figure basic shit out. The The Dodge Viper thing really still galls me like several months later. I don't know what to tell you. To be fair, that that he probably is deserving of the award for that alone. Indeed. Um, next up, we have from Aaron Quinn, a uh, big fan of the show. We, we we enjoy interacting with Aaron on Twitter a lot. Um, who are each of your favorite obscure WCW contracted talent? I mean, Someone you wouldn't necessarily think of maybe somebody who is kind of, you know, either intermittent on the roster or, you know the obvious, uh, somebody the, that doesn't come to mind. The obvious answer would be Lanny Poffo, who never appeared yes. on the WCW broadcast. Yeah, the Winston Bogarde of uh, <laughs> of professional wrestling. If you don't know that, that guy, look him up. Um Chelsea legend. Yeah, he is he is the the, the absolute obvious one. Um Jesus, there was another one I thought of, because I, I had kind of half-gleamed this question, um, and there was, oh fuck, who was it I thought of?
1: There's one that he doesn't show up until, like, I think the year 2000 or not no, it's 1999, he shows up in WCW, but he doesn't stay around that long. It's Big T, Ahmed Johnson.
0: Yeah. Big T is great one. Like, I mean, if we're not limiting ourselves to the current 98 roster, yeah, you open yourself up to to a lot more mm-hmm. uh, possibilities. Uh, one of my, like, and I can't wait to find out just how wrong I was because I probably haven't seen an actual full match of his uh, in many, many years. But like an unironic fave of mine for a couple of weeks in like 1999, 2000 was Lash LaRue. Oh God, Jesus. The Raging yeah. Cajun. The Raging Cajun himself Not James Carville now uh, Yeah Lash LaRue So I've probably got to put that one in there Because he's not somebody who um, Immediately <laughs> comes to mind I think there's a lot of hay to be found In in latter WCW Because you could go Kind of you could go with the non-funny answer And say something like AJ Styles Yeah true Like who has an absolute cup of coffee on Thunder uh, Right at the death um, You could think of Jamie-san In The Young Dragons mm. <laughs> God, um, i really can't wait for this whole area <laughs> ah do you know a classic is also dale torborg yeah um there's there's so much good stuff later on um i i somebody i i thought of uh to do with this question as well was judy bagwell <laughs> it's like it gets real grim yeah there, there,
1: uh, there's a lot go. of dross to come,
0: basically yeah, and one actually because I listened to a podcast. So there's a there's a podcast by one of the hosts of How to Wrestling, um, Joe Graham. Uh, she does a podcast called Subcultured, where they research a different subculture every week, and uh, or every couple of weeks. And this week they dropped an episode on um, Juggalos, and it made me remember the Dark Carnival. <laughs> and Fuck. <laughs> i forgot we're actually gonna have to watch a fair bit of the insane clown posse wrestling at some point yeah they show up and they hang around for a long time yeah so sh- in terms of like people today might not realize they were not just wrestlers in wcw but wwf and ecw as well mm-hmm. um a-, a quality answer to that question is also shaggy 2- J shaggy too dope or violent J. um but yeah, that was a really good one because kind of, it feels like particularly the longer we go on on Thunder, the entire Thunder roster is obscure WCW <laughs> contract talent. People that only Jimmy Hart realized
1: were still under contract.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like the the collective unit of high voltage is up there as well. Like, uh, but I didn't want to give them the nod because of that one episode where they, they both had a singles match and it just irked me to no end. Excuse you, Kenny Chaos goes on to become a WCW tag team champion. <laughs> um this one comes from uh another friend of the show, Cody Sandusky. Um says uh you're trapped on Desert Island, you have access to only one year of one wrestling promotions content that includes TV and pay-per-views. Which year or company do you choose? Uh Cody himself says he leaning towards uh the obvious of two thousand 2001-2002 WWF but could be swayed to mid 2000s TNA or some 80s NWA Jim NWA Jim Crockett Promotions. Um that, that's a great question. Just one year of content from any company. Yeah. I, I love so I 2000 WWF is like I I think that's the year. I don't I don't even think this is a controversial opinion anymore. I think the more perspective we get on how a lot of uh, attitude era WWF stuff wasn't all it was made mm-hmm. out to be in ring wise. Um, I-, I think it's generally agreed upon that 2000 is probably the best 2000 and obviously up to WrestleMania X Seven 2001 was um, the the best kind of meeting point between a high quality of uh, in ring stuff and a high quality of entertainment on like promos or backstage segments things like that. Mm-hmm. I- and 2000 WWF, like Cody has pointed out here, is a hard one to ignore. Um, I, like, I God, I loved that, the the Rock and Triple H feud that year. I loved the Benoit Jericho feud that year. You want to talk something a bit more, kind of like uh, high-class in-ring work, that Benoit Jericho feud just knocked it out of the park. We have Booger Red, Biker Taker, returning at Judgment Day that year. We had the first TLC match at SummerSlam. We had Steve Blackman just... Fucking being Steve Blackman. (laughs) Doing Steve Blackman things, yes. Doing Steve Blackman things. And, um, yeah, like, 2000 is just, like, an all-round great year. Commissioner Foley happens in 2000. All the uh, Um, Edge
1: and Christian, five-second post
0: stuff. Yeah, Team Team X is is, is, is 2000. Obviously, the rise of Kurt Angle. That's his year where he goes from uh, early in the year. uh, He's... His first pay-per-view appearance in 2000, he's choked out by Taz mm-hmm. in one of the great debuts in WWF that was just a fumbled football thereafter. Um, um, of course, our, our good friend Chris Jericho really hit a stride. Really does. Um, I love it. It's a Judgment Day match, isn't it? The one where he passes out in the crossface, yes. which is like his, <laughs> his proper baby face at great that point. Match, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, unbelievable stuff that whole so year. Is that your choice? Would that be your I was trying to think, like, Cody also makes a great point about mid-2000s TNA, which you and I have watched a bit Mm -hmm. of lately, and, um, like, just even, like, if you want to be even more specific, like, just the mid-2000s X Division. Yeah. See, my choice is, because I haven't revisited it, would
1: Mm. be 2005 and 2006 TNA, because I think you would have so many... Forgotten matches like matches that were just taking place on not even impact but like explosion and pay per views, undercards. Yeah, where you have like Chris Daniels, Chris Sabin, Alex Shelley, Petey Williams, Samoa yeah. Joe, fucking uh, Jushin Liger shows up for a, a show or two, uh, yeah. Hiroshi Tanahashi makes a couple of appearances. AJ Styles is the best wrestler in the world, in my mm. opinion, in the mid 2000s, and he yeah. is just all over TNA in that year
0: yeah like because you could of course you know you could go across to Japan and talk about like um, the rise of Hiroshi Tanahashi mm-hmm. you could um, the rise of Nakamura which is when like I you know when Nakamura was like at his absolute peak mm-hmm. was when I was starting to kind of get interested in New Japan um, you could talk about the the early 90s all Japan um, you could talk about like you know there, there's so much you could go to I think a lot there's of all Alderman- of would say um, 89 WCW 89 yeah 89 WCW um, one I think there's a low key one uh, and this would be more if it was less of a desert island question and more of a time machine question like if you could go back and and relive a year again and um, Obviously, 2000, 2001, because not only with uh, WWF, like I said before, not only because it was great, but because also I would have my youth back, <laughs> um, <laughs> long departed youth. But um, no, uh, the other one I, I wanted to think of, and it's for kind of like different sentimental reasons, would be either 2011 or 2012 WWE, because I think it was the last time that there was significant, interesting changes going on in that company. Um, you, of course, had the Summer of Punk in 2011, which um, I think that whole run uh, from like WrestleMania um, that year, which was a dud, um, Money in the Bank, obviously, that, that whole build amazing. But uh, I, the thing I love about that year was that was the year where a lot of people around me who had gone away from wrestling came back mm. because of punk. Um, there was a couple of my friends who had dabbled. I was living in college at, uh, for the first half of this year and a lot of my friends started getting interested again because I, there was one night where we were all pissed in my house and I had one of those hard drives you could connect to a TV a media player and we were like, oh, what we watch and I kind of didn't have, hadn't downloaded any movies lately and I was like, we watch WrestleMania 17 and we did and we had a fucking great time and then the lads were kind of keeping their ears to the ground then about what was going on they were asking me who was this guy, who was that guy and I was putting over Punk Huge because I was a fan of his and uh, then the summer of punk happened and they were all like back in yeah and um, the likes a friend of the show keith Brony, who had been away from wrestling for years was just a fanatic for cm punk then so like i have a lot of emotional attachment to that year cuz it was the first time in many many years where i had a lot of friends around me uh that I didn't know through the internet that I just knew in real life who were into wrestling as well. And that was the first time I could say that since I was probably about 12. Um, and then the following year I think was the year where you still have that, you were still riding that wave of punk being an interesting character, but also you had like his heel turn. Yeah. Um, you had, uh, the rock coming the, back can't be underpaid either The rock coming back, which like we didn't know how that would go. Mm-hmm. um, it didn't go great by the end, but it built to I think his absolute peak of his comeback was mm-hmm. the Royal Rumble in twenty thirteen against Punk. I fucking love that. Um Punk got the best match out of him in that whole return run. Oh for sure. By yeah. by a considerable distance. But uh twenty twelve, like you also had um The Shield. Yep. Roy right um, back, right Back's short lived run as a main event player. Yeah. You had um was 2012 Dolph as well and Dolph had money in the bank and um, cashed in on the Raw After Mania I think it was wasn't the close of
1: 2011 he had yeah I think that was it yeah
0: yeah um, so that was great like that moment with the, the double turn they executed with, um, with Dol- Del Rio yeah. him or him winning the belt like great stuff um, there was a great tag division thing going on for a while where you had um, the Rolls like, Brothers. The, uh, yeah, the Rhodes dynasty, you had, um, the, oh, new, the, the, new, age, you the new age outlaws came back. Was that the that year or was that the following
1: year? Was that it could have
0: been, you it? had the, the Usos were really starting to cook for the first time mm-hmm. at that point. Um, you had uh, and Cesaro and, 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 Swagger. Like, you know, there was, there was some low key great stuff. Obviously in 2011 as well, you had the, the, uh, the Christian Orton feud and Mark Henry, um, You know, there was some real good stuff in that period that I enjoyed that kind of, like, it may not be, you know, five-star matches month Mm -hmm. in, month out, but fuck me, like, it was just, um, there was some real, like, stuff that had emotional weight to me that that I kind of look back on fondly, especially now with how bad WWE programming is in 2020. I I think that will be
1: something to look for next year is, like, the kind of 10 years on from the Summer Punk, like, the Summer Punk is... A huge factor in, like you said, a lot of people getting back into wrestling. I know um, Rich from Voices of Wrestling said, like, the night of Money in the Bank was the night he created Voices of Wrestling. Yeah. Because he was just so pumped by what had, like, he was at the show, he was at Money in the Bank, and he was just so pumped by everything that was going on in the world of wrestling. He just had to get somewhere, like, to talk about it and write about it.
0: And it was one of those first moments I remember where I'd watched pay-per-views live before when I would had a Twitter account. I've had a Twitter account since, I think, 2009. and like, But Money in the Bank was the first time where I felt like my whole timeline was going through this religious experience mm-hmm. during that match. Like, I can distinctly remember things like our friend Zig and other people would have said during the match and just how special it was. Um, so yeah those would be my kind of leading contenders Um, or I suppose you could pick uh, any one of the golden years of Ring of Honor as well
1: yeah I think like I I was never fully into Ring of Honor like obviously I've watched a good bit of it and dabbled in and out here and there when it was happening as well but I'm not that that fucking Ring of Honor guy but I think like like, say 2003-2004 a lot of people would pick that kind of golden era
0: yeah. Um next question from Jack Lazell. Um this this one oh this is great. This is totally this, this might lose yeah. people for a couple yeah. of minutes. This is so us though. We apologize to um, any
1: uh, American listeners who won't be
0: familiar with any of this. Yeah, we'll try get this one over relatively quickly, but for the sake of Jack and, and Alan um, our podfather <laughs> Alan Uh, we we have to get this one out if you were going to book title matches for all the WCW belts facing off uh, WCW stars against serial legends of the 90s and 2000s what would the matches be? Uh, his cruiserweight title match he would put in would be Eddie Guerrero versus Jan Zola, <laughs> which is an absolute shout. Um, I th- so, I, so
1: I think we need to agree on this. So let's say what. So we yeah, have to. Well, world...
0: I, I want to say let. Let's firstly say let's go with our current champions. Okay, so we're going to go with the current Thunder champions. Yes. Okay. Can I go? Can I go first? Okay, you go first.
1: So we're going like okay. so. We're going to have world heavyweight, US TV,
0: tag, and cruiserweight. So five titles. Yeah. And and let's not forget the arts. one I'm going to start with first. Martial the Martial Arts Division okay. title. And yeah, we'll we'll try and see. I'll pick one, you pick one, and whichever one we think is better, we'll we'll go with. So for the Martial Arts Division title, I think this might be my strongest shout of the whole round. Because I'm going to have for the Martial Arts Division, our current champion, Dean Malenko, against the most Martial Arts Serie A footballer of all time, Zlatan Ibrahimovic.
1: <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, all of the Yes. <laughs> I yeah. am fully on board watching Zlatan in a martial arts match. Yeah. I
0: I, did, I didn't think that one was going to be disputed at all. Um Okay, let's go with um Cruiserweight Gold next. Okay, um, Cruiserweight. Her current champion is uh, Christopher Jericho.
1: Okay, so there's two ways you can go with this. We can go like super um comedy or, Actually, no, our champion isn't Christopher Jericho, is it? It is. Or is it? it is, yeah. It is, it is. Um, okay, sorry. So we can go comedy or we can go serious. And um, hmm, let me think, who could you go for? I mean, I think the obvious one, if you're going comedy, but I don't know if he'd uh, fit under Cruiserweight rules. Okay. Is Paul Gascoigne? mm
0: That's not bad. I would have, if if we weren't stuck to nineteen ninety eight champions. I think the ultimate WCW versus A match with Paul Gascoigne is Paul Gascoigne Sid Vicious. Voice <laughs> in Vicious, just um, another mental man. See, I thought you were going to go Scott Hall. Huh? Oh, but, uh, yeah, for obvious real life parallels, I guess. Um, <laughs> I mean,
1: but, other yeah.
0: other contenders for cruiserweight. Who do you got? Um, okay, so this was one. It wasn't. I wasn't thinking about because of the matchup. I was thinking because of the stip I would want for it. So I'm saying cruiserweight title hair versus hair. Jericho, Baggio. That's just cruel. You you, you can't <laughs> shave the divine ponytail. It's but dude, it's gonna be like one of those arena Mexico hair matches or mask matches. Like people in the crowd are gonna be crying, bawling, crying yeah. one way or the <laughs> other by the end. Like. <laughs> Yeah, i i i can get on board with that. That yeah. that would be good. You you tell me that. I, it, you you try and tell me with a straight face that if I book that match in Arena Mexico, that that isn't going to be Bo's Johnny's match of the year. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh god.
1: <laughs> oh uh, right, TV title Booker T. <laughs> <laughs> Booker I'm T. already
0: gone. On fuck's sake. <laughs> Okay, so but let's think of our qualities. I haven't got one here, but I just want to try to talk through it with you. Booker T, a guy with a lot of, a surprising amount of physicality, you might say, mm. but uh, also a lot of agility, light on his feet, skillful, uh, a lot of potential to be the guy. I have, um, one. I have one that matches that, but go on. I, I, I have one idea, and we'll go, we'll, we'll go with yours then. I think Booker T versus first season at Milan, Kaká.
1: Mm, uh, I'm not sold. I don't know. Okay. okay. Kaká seems a bit a bit lightweight for Booker. Ooh. Harsh. My choice, going with all the qualities you just listed. Okay. I'm going the other side of Milan.
0: I'm going Inter. I'm going Javier Zanetti. Javier Zanetti ooh that's a good one not a hair out of place on that man's no. head even after a 20 minute match with, with with Booker I would bet that's a man that could stand up to any challenge it certainly is Um, who we got next we got the um, we got tag belts the United States world tag belts we'll go tag so belts it's sure. yeah so it's it's who is it at the moment is Big Show and another no, no Sting and another Sting and Wolfpack Rules yeah, Sting and uh, the Amorphous Wolf Pack. So we'll we'll say Sting uh, and Nash, will we? Yeah. So we're thinking a, a tandem of guy of, of two guys. I suppose they have to be teammates, don't they? Yeah. Now I have a shout for this. Like you want a fluid partnership mm. um, that's going to get results, and perhaps you want them to both be kind of like a, of similar maybe one slightly bigger than the other so one guy is doing the power stuff and one guy is kind of like doing the, the sell job it, in the middle if you really were going guy. if you were going Premier League you were going Quinn and Phillips aren't you? Possibly <laughs> I'm not going quite that little and large though because I think the pair I'm going to go with uh, to lean into uh, whenever I talk about football I'm no more than two minutes away from mentioning this man I'm going to go with Wesley Snyder oh. and Diego Melito oh. Um, but I will pose an alternate from the exact same team. If you want to go with a hard knocks bruising tandem, I'm going with Lucio and Walter Samuel. Damn that that's
1: a tough combination right there. Yeah. I think I, I have I have two choices on this as well. I yeah. think when you're talking tandems in
0: Serie A, you have to you have to go with Bereci and Costa Corta. Yeah, yeah. That was the other one I was thinking. Or like a, a, a Nesta and Nesta, a Nesta Maldini. Mm, but if you want to go really off the wall. Go on. And again, it's, I do. It, you know I do.
1: It's another intercombination, and I think you're going to love this one. Oh, go on. I'm going with the original R9, Ronaldo. Oh, Ronaldo Nazario. And Racoba.
0: Oh. Because who's more insane than Alvaro Racoba? no one and that, and that covers some ground in Syria and you know uh, you know Moretti would put, uh, would put up the money mm. uh, I will say as well if he hadn't said 90s and 2000s I probably would have gone for uh, uh, Diego Maradona and the Nepalese Mafia <laughs> well I mean they're just unbeatable so yeah please everybody watch the uh, the, the Diego Maradona documentary for more information on that uh, what about United States title Lane so U.S. champion, who is are you? Well, it's Goldberg, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So do you want I'm do you thinking, want someone
1: for Goldberg to just plow through?
0: Well, I'm thinking as well that like you also want somebody you know ideally who you can elevate uh, that can be kind of kept credible. Even Goldberg, though Goldberg's going to win, you need somebody with enough likability that maybe when eventually the time comes for Goldberg to drop, that he might be positioned for it. Okay. Um... Somebody with kind of maybe a boyish charm, good looks, a bit of pace, a bit of skill. Look. Pavel Nedved.
1: Yeah, that that's a good show. I can see that one. Even though I was yeah. never a Juve
0: fan, I always liked Nedved. But, here's another one. If you want a real, like, straight-up fight... I mean, I can't think of anyone better than Marco Matarazzi. I was just
1: about to say, as, you, as soon as you <laughs> said straight up fight, I knew where you were going. <laughs> the only man that can probably match Rakoba in the craziness yeah. levels is uh, Matarazzi.
0: Yeah, um, you could go, uh, you could go Zidane as well for you know maybe hitting Goldberg with a shoot headbutt.
1: See, I think I think Zidane is more of your uh, world contender because just for the box office. That is true. He's gonna pack them out in there. Um But I, I think of the two choices there I'm going Matarazzi because I just want to see how he'd react.
0: Yeah, okay. Um so that leaves the, the world heavyweight title. Uh currently uh currently, I stress currently around the the waist mm-hmm. of a Mr. H. Hogan. Um so are we, Perhaps not for much longer, are we, as we'll discuss. We're not
1: going for um Match ratings and on this one, this is just has to be pure box office, doesn't it? Has to be pure box office, I think. And I mean,
0: obviously, I think we can list off the candidates. You've got Zidane. Yeah. yeah, my my other one, and this one's for you, Alan Francesco Totti. Or yeah, another very good show or Maldini. They are three Serie A legends, I think. Yeah, or if you want the 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 short underdog, Paolo Cannavaro. Fabio Cannavaro, should I say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not I suppose sports. World Football idea Year can't be discounted. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about, like, obviously at this point, um, Hogan, a veteran of the sport, Jean-Louis Buffon. Good show,
1: yeah. Might not, might not be able to match up to uh, Hogan's physicality, I
0: wouldn't think. Mm. This is true. This so is true. Who, who
1: do you want to go with? If you're
0: picking one, who are we going with? I, I mean, if we're going pure box office... The the head says Zidane, the heart says Totty. I think for Alan, it has to be Totty. Okay, that one was for you, Alan. Thanks for but, the the question there, yeah, Jack. Thanks, Jack. Uh, yeah, he, <laughs> he also suggested Faustino Espria versus DDP. <laughs> In a what what would that even look like? I have, I have no, next to no idea, my friend. <laughs> Um, oh, there was another one I had. I can't think of it now. I was trying to think, like, somebody, uh, like, really intense. um, Like, you could do... What, like, um, uh, Conte? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was thinking Conte Benoit. Oh, Jesus. Like... That would be like a fucking, like a stiff Japanese style, like they're going to fucking knock lumps out of each other sort of match. That
1: that would be Conte can't throw a chop, but he's going to throw a chop anyway because he's fucking insane. Yeah, And he'll just hoard people.
0: Uh, Moving on from that one, Gary comes at us with, uh, you're locked in with a DVD player and a single pro wrestling DVD Which one is it? Now, Lee, I'm going to narrow that down to it has to be one you either own or have in the past owned. Ooh, okay. Can it be a box set? Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You didn't sound too sure on that one.
0: Well, because I haven't really thought out my answer, so I don't want to limit myself too much. I haven't... Look, I'm just going to say the double whiskey is already gone, so...
1: (laughs) Well, I'm on to the second. (laughs)
0: um one DVD set this is uh, how do you pick only one fuck yeah I know and like it's actually a really tough question in fairness uh to Gary here uh because, like, in this age of, like, VOD and the network and stuff, like, you haven't had to think about no, restricting I, I, the collection that
1: No, I makes. haven't at all. And that's why I'm a bit stumped. Um, I wish I had my DVDs in front of me. I'd make a choice. Uh, do you know what? For, for pure nostalgia...
0: Yeah. I might have to pick the Ultima Hulk Hogan collection. Okay. Um there was a couple i thought of um i have the wwe uh, ladder match comp mm. and i i have the 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 greatest cage matches of all time I have one that's really well, good yeah. but uh one that i if i if i had to lean on one and it's not the longest one in the world so i i probably have two one i spoke about on the show before a lot is death of um uh or the sorry the rise and fall of ecw mm. um But if I were to think of one DVD that I grew up and I watched it so many times over, it would be the From the Vault, Shawn Michaels. Okay. uh, Collection that has, like... um, So what's on it? Uh, There's, like, Mind Games is on it, which is a great, like, just... What a match, yeah. You know, yeah. Mind Games is on it. His Comeback Match at SummerSlam, which I think is a masterpiece uh, in a lot of ways. And, like... Does a better job of painting Triple H as a, just a dastardly villain than his entire efforts in uh, in the following year would be when he moved into his interminable reign of terror in two thousand and three. Um, what else is on that DVD? The Hell in a Cell match, which was the last WWE match for until Money in the Bank, uh, Punk versus Cena to get five stars from from Big Dave. Um, so yeah, that was like because I'm a Shawn Michaels guy, so that was like that was a DVD that got a lot of play if I wanted to be cheeky I'd go for his Heartbreak and Triumph three disc set that has like the a lot of uh, other matches on it like his his Broadway with with Cena from Raw is on there and a lot of other shit um the Jericho Break the Walls Down one Mm. that's like three discs long as well and has some WCW stuff on it I believe um is also great um yeah there's a lot of it's hard to narrow it down to just one in fairness you wouldn't go for like the Monday Night War DVD
1: uh, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> if Rootless Aggression gets made into a DVD, you, you wouldn't like that series?
0: <laughs> no. 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 Jesus. You sure know. No. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. Positive. Positive. Um, our, our good friend from Journey Through Gorilla Island, Emma G, asks us. Uh, if you could be stuck on a desert island with a- anyone on the show you just watched so it has to be this episode of Thunder we're about to oh, talk fuck. about uh, who would it be and why uh, I'm conscious of time here so we'll start speeding up our answers a little bit uh, one person because it has to be Jericho doesn't it Jericho is a good shout I think Raven's a good shout nah he'd turn on you um, he would turn on you but but God, it'd be fascinating. And he, he knows where the good heroine is. So, there's that. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I'm trying to think. Actually, do you know what? Like, God rest his soul, Bobby Heenan. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah, if I could be stuck on an island with prime Bobby Heenan, I think every day would be a good laugh. Um, So, that's who I'd go with. Um, I think I know what our immediate answer is going to be to this next question from Ashley Clements, who asks... If you could put anybody from the independent scene into the roster, who would you choose and why? My choice would be Speedball Mike Bailey to test either the cat or Glacier, and <laughs> would be a great addition to the martial arts division. That is an excellent that, show. That, that is actually, a great answer. That's a great answer. I think if I were to guess the two of us right at the top of the list mm-hmm. there, immediately David Yeah, That's my answer. Um I also uh, I suppose he's not independent because he's full-time New Japan, but Will Ospreay yeah, that, is obviously, obvious, like... Yeah. Will Ospreay in 1998 WCW would be, like, a revelation on the, the level of Rey Mysterio the year before. Yeah, like,
1: like ima- uh, imagine Will Ospreay Mysterio, R- Will Ospreay fucking hooven to it.
0: Like, yeah, if we could get in the time machine and have, like, prime Rey Mysterio against Will Ospreay, Lord God almighty. Um... So yeah, thanks everybody. I think I got to everything no, there, no, you I No, no, just a couple more. Oh, is there? Yeah, right. yeah. Do you want to hit us with those? Because I don't seem to have them. Uh, where'd he gone, where'd he gone, where'd he gone?
1: I know Alan had one. Hang on. I should say, this is uh, your your relation, Alan. Not, that, no, oh, not, did not he? Mr. 4L. Okay, <laughs> yeah, there's two more to go. There's one from Alan... Um it's at Murray A underscore ninety six. Who on the roster do you most identify with and why does that make Lee Conan?
0: <laughs>
1: First of all, no. <laughs> and who do I most identify with? Yeah. Uh in my head, Goldberg. <laughs> 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 but realistically
0: probably I don't know Scotty Riggs (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'd have to make I'd say a weird one Um, I'd go with Sagger Lee Marshall um, because he's the guy that when stupid stuff was happening with like today's investigation with the Dodge Viper he was the first one to go it was clearly Hulk Hogan (laughs) so (laughs) in a lot of ways Stagger Lee Marshall feels like me now watching Thunder like what the fuck (laughs) like um, so that's that. And I actually did find uh, the last question there from Chris, mm-hmm. uh, co-host of the Strong Style Story podcast on this very network. He said, if you had to take three current Do- Thunder-era WCW talents and put them into a major indie wrestling tournament, uh, e.g. Bola, King of Trios, um, who would they be and why? I want to go with King of Trios. I was just going to say, that's interesting. a King of Trios team each. Uh, Okay, now let's disqualify Team Beefy Da immediately because I think that's the one we'd obviously go for. Okay, yeah. Right, you go first. You pick your tree. Okay, so what I want is I want a big guy, small guy, technician. Okay, that's the dynamic I want. Right, so big or technician, and you're thinking in the context of fucking uh king of trios where you're going to see some weird shit and you're going to see people try to innovate i think uh who better than canyon okay right now i could have him under big man i'll think about when i when i get to big man now i'll i'll, I'll think about uh whether he'll shift into big man and i'll pick another one from technician uh in terms of small guy um hmm. that's a tough one because Rey Mysterio is currently on the shelf, so I can't have mm. him. Um, And a lot of those other cruiserweight guys have kind of disappeared a little, but I'd say somebody who, if he was around at the moment, who would be very much in the uh, Chikara aesthetic would be Ciclope. Yeah, that's a good we'll show. Um, and then if I were to go for a, a large man appearing, who would it be? Ooh. Lexi, Lexi. I've kind of back myself. In. Lex is a good... You no, know, do you know who it would be? Who I think would be, like, just a sight to see in that context. Nash. Oh, Jesus.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that would be something, wouldn't it? Nash and Shakara. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Just think about that. Like, that's that's selling the building
1: air. So, Nash Canyon... And Cyclope, yeah, a fucking Rose gallery. That that's that's some lineup. I, I have to give you that one. That that's <laughs> so insane. It would fit in Shakara.
0: That is a, a double whiskey team, if ever I heard one. <laughs> <laughs> that's a sober mind isn't concocting that, my friend. Uh, give me your trio, and then we'll we'll get this shit show on. Okay,
1: so I am going insane, guy, delusional guy, and actual good wrestler, guy. Okay. So insane guy, I think there's only one choice. It's Raven. Right. Yeah. Delusional guy, you're going you toss up between the dancing fools. Either Disco or Alex. I'm going to go for Disco, obviously. Of course you fucking are. And then actual good wrestler,
0: the guy that actually carries the team. Right. Saturn. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Two thirds of a great team there with Disco. Um, I mean Disco on so. Saturn would be a hell of a tag team now I will say the Disco gimmick is very Chikara yeah so you know <laughs> I'll give you that and I would like to see Raven cut a Chikara friendly promo <laughs> I think it'd be possible I, I yeah th- I can see Raven getting on the microphone in Chikara and just quack being completely on fucking edge is what he's gonna say <laughs> I mean he let Eddie Kingston speak so no reason he couldn't yeah. let gotta absolutely traumatise children um, quote the Raven Um, Right, uh, the silliness out of the way Thank you Thunder Buddies for for jazzing us up here I'm in a fucking fine Mm -hmm. mood now uh, Only partially thanks to the Tealings We're here to talk about Thunder Episode 23 Dated July 2nd, 1998 Columbus, Georgia We are on basically the eve Of the historically significant Georgia Dome Nitro next week Uh, This is almost like a go-home show In a lot of ways um for two things because we were also leading on we're on the way to Bash at the Beach. Um and it's funny because I wrote the bash so many times in this thing and half the time I'm thinking it's great American bash because we've had two bashes straight on this show, uh on this uh this Tundra Road, so it's it's kinda hard to keep track track in my head sometimes. Um That that's one thing that never made sense to me with WCW. They had the bash followed by the bash. Yeah. Just bashing all over the summer, these lads. Uh, we got a cold open with a dramatic hype package for the big tag match at Bash at the Beach. Um, I will say, you know, I kind of will talk about it later in the show because it does come up a lot. Um, one thing they are doing is realizing that obviously they spent a lot of money getting Rodman and Carmelo in. So they are pushing this to the level of the crossover match it is. I have no actual interest in watching mm-hmm. this match. But in terms of the crossover pop culture appeal, I do think they're doing the right thing by just pushing it super hard on TV. I'll
1: I'll give them credit. They're doing the hard sell. They're really pushing it. But my God, does the fucking ad
0: suck. It's
1: fucking Mm.
0: awful. (laughs) And it won't be the last time we see it tonight, my friend. So bad. Um, They add the detail in the video package as well. That Carmel Malone wants to be a wrestler himself. That it's actually a desire of his. And that he seeks revenge for getting nothing in the NBA Finals. And nothing to do with Um, the money he's getting. No. Kicking off the show with our usual commentary team. And let's just say, right off the bat, Lee, Stagger Lee's tie is fucking outrageous.
1: Magnificent.
0: What a tie. He is wearing just a kicky floral number. Um... That's incredible. Uh, I'm loving Brain as well in a smart casual, like a kind of turquoise polo neck. Something that... Do you um, know what I thought? It wouldn't have looked out of place on Chandler in Friends. Yeah, yeah. Chandler or like... Um, I was trying to think... Um, like... Oh, like... Somebody on like a golf course in the mid-90s as well because he's got like the little kind of... Um, woolen waistcoat or something like going on they, here Davis well. loved the turd. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite something he's got going on here. Uh, the lads, uh, for the main event, um, the, the 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 basketball players and <laughs> DDP and Hogan, apparently they made an appearance on The Daily Show, um, which goes to show you, and I had to look it up just to be sure it wasn't still Craig Kilbourne. Um Jon Stewart had taken over The Daily Show just that past January, um so that's something i'm gonna have to dig out i i didn't want to dig it out straight away when this happened um because i was afraid that it'd be one of those things that they actually would show later on in the program so if anybody can link me to the the whatever bash at the beach angle played out on the daily show i would love to see that footage please Um, i'm gonna try find it myself as well um Malone got out apparently on Nitro got out of the truck that him and DDP were talking about and body slammed Hogan on Monday um, and kind of the, the lads as well as uh, Jericho's music starts playing alludes to the fact that the WCW Championship uh, Committee had been locked in a mysterious meeting all day long more of that anon Um as I said, Jericho is here, and he's got his giant conspiracy victim sign and tow. At this point, Lee, I am thinking this is going to be a good show. I am like, they're 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 hyping the right match for Bash at the Beach. It's the big box office match, and we're kicking off the show with Jericho. Um, so I was happy at this point, and Pride come up before the fall, my friend. The, the show peaked early, indeed. Um, he so he comes out loudly, asks uh, Penzer where they are. Jericho says uh, or no sorry Penzer says they're in Columbus Jericho immediately says Columbia um, and says that they're his favourite people The Office wanted to put him on last but he said screw you Office he's coming out first because his fans want to see him <laughs> which is an I incredibly that, yeah. Jericho way to yeah to rationalise being in the opener Um what have we got here now? So he says that Malenko has been running from him and doesn't deserve the match which is great I, saying uh, Dean Malenko isn't the man you think he I'll is. I tell you what Dean Malenko the mention of his name gets no reaction. I know. What, what uh, a stark contrast. It's funny like the the kind of like the, he got the biggest pop of his career a month ago, and he's already at nothing now mm-hmm. he's just been like partly because of his his booking and partly because like just in terms of charisma is being absolutely swallowed up by Jericho that he's just he's crested and and now he's on the way down again in terms of popularity um he said he's flown in somebody we haven't seen in six months because of a knee injury to have a five star classic that, and I quote, all you internet geeks and sheet readers can go crazy about. That was unexpected. <laughs> yeah, when he said internet geeks, it's like it's 1998. There's like five people on the internet. Um, and fucking Jericho was probably one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, he's definitely reading sheets. Um, he compares the match that's about to happen to Moby Dick versus Captain Ahab himself, ladies and gentlemen, Rey Mysterio Jr. And outly came a very not Rey Mysterio shaped man. I tell you what, I love this tattoo. Mm-hmm. That that was fasc- That was drawn on with a pen, wasn't it? Uh, surely, surely. I, I really hope so- it wasn't real. <laughs> Our opening contest here is Chris Jericho versus Raymond Stereo, the (laughs) alleged Ray Mysterio.
1: (laughs) Stereo. (laughs) Uh,
0: That's good. Jericho starts selling like like it's the real Ray Mysterio and he's spooked by even seeing him there. And then immediately just starts wailing on him. Uh, Brain bellows. I know who he is. He's the Chihuahua from the taco commercial. (laughs) And in, I think like I was kind of like, okay, right, yeah, whatever I get the I get the joke and it's something I didn't see coming an incredible bit of jericho uh cleverness here Jericho pulls Ray on top of him and loses because uh, he said that you know if 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 Ray could beat him, he would be the number one contender so he gets to the bike says, well, I guess Ray Mysterio was the number one contender at bash of the beach and then calls himself the king of the loopholes yes. <laughs> And like, even as he's getting out of the ring, I love that Tony Schiavone is having fucking none of it. And he goes, that's not how it works. Dean Malenko <laughs> is still the number one contender.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, that that's all, almost the best part. is like, Jericho thinks, ah, I've got them here. I've done it again. And Tony's just like, no, no, you haven't. <laughs> yeah.
0: This, um, and, and this is probably the end of the good stuff for a long, long time. <sighs> and, and because next we have Giant out, you know, this was fucking weirdly, wasn't it?
1: When he strolled out, all I could think was, "Here comes Captain Insano."
0: Yeah, he he comes out and he's saying like, Hollywood wanted him to come out and say that he he giant is on the warpath. Uh, he's threatening Goldberg and Kevin Green. It's the first time this fucking Kevin Green situation has been mentioned. Uh, that Kevin Green is going to be teaming with Goldberg on the pay per view. Yeah, why? Um, <laughs> are there are there not enough pro sports players? Uh, on this pay-per-view um, and then he calls out Lex for later tonight I like, and I've had there's been giant promos on this show Lee where I wouldn't say they've been excellent but they've been more engaging or he seems more interested mm. he seemed real checked out here yeah. and I didn't like he, it he did not give a fuck on this night um, I, did, I did like his closing
1: line of uh, come on out and get choke slammed but it wasn't like he said yeah. get choke slammed it was get choke slammed in like
0: fucking yeah. Braun Strowman get these hands type fucking yeah oh he just was not at the races tonight I didn't like it next up we had a match classic oh that pits Stevie Ray against Doc Dean did the name Doc Dean ring a bell oh, to yeah, you, my friend oh yeah it did yeah. yeah have, have so. you
1: read William Regal's
0: autobiography no, I haven't. Okay. It's, it's, so it's on the long. So that, that would explain why he's uh, familiar to you. Mm-hmm. Doc Dean, for those of you unaware, one half of the Liverpool lads with Robbie Brookside and in the most incredible bit of trivia I have seen in a long, long time, holds a best of the Super Juniors 1997 victory over Jushin Thunder Liger. He does not. He does. <laughs> it's like it's literally in the opening paragraph of his wiki. He has to have written that himself. Uh, so Stevie squashes Doc and it's at this point that I determined by wrestling arithmetic that Stevie Ray is officially better than Liger does that make Stevie Ray the linear
1: IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion
0: oh god we have too many of those to keep track of on this <laughs> show so no <laughs> uh, fucking hell I, I mean um,
1: of all the people I expected to show up on Thunder Doc Dean was not a name I expected
0: there's one of the things I do love about WCW and Thunder. Like, these people come in for, like, one or two shots. And you're like, what the fuck?
1: And they all seem to be British um, as well. Like, Chris Adams, Doc Dean.
0: Yeah, either British or trained by Ultimo Dragon seems to be.
1: <laughs> That's how you get to be a jobber on Thunder.
0: Yeah, yeah. They show you the stars, my friend. Um... So, uh, as if it wasn't already bad enough, it careens off a cliff after Stevie Ray squashes Doc. Chavo appears on Pepe the Hobby Horse, says that he and Stevie have family problems in common, implores Stevie to be pals with him while insulting him at the same time, and Stevie Ray just shoves him in bales. What the fuck was this? You know what? I know this is Pepe's big debut
1: on Thunder. My God. Chavo Guerrero is fucking insufferable. It is so bad. It's just It's changed the channel. Like these. if I didn't have to watch this, I would have turned her off at this stage because this show, we're only two matches in. And yeah. it's fucking awful. Like yeah. it really is.
0: Uh yeah, it's really like, oh, they just threw whatever uh at the wall. They didn't care because the big show was on Monday, and instead of hyping at uploads and building really good uh angles or promotion, they kind of just a lot of vignettes. Let's get through it. A lot it, of yeah. time killing. That That's yeah. what it was. Let's just get through it. Give a couple of guys a run out. That's it. Um, yeah. And the worst part about this is that it was not the only nor the worst Chavo segment on this show. Uh, more of that later. Uh, we get a Saturday night tease. And once again, they just don't give us anything. Just Tanay and Scott Hudson are going to be there. Disgusted. Just disrespect to the brand. Yeah. Um, Tony is starting to announce that it's going to be Public Enemy versus Jim and Bulldog but out come the Dancing Fools and I am already real mad because I wasn't happy about seeing Public Enemy and Jim and Bulldog but I was really not happy when this happened. I tell you what uh, would you rather watch The Public Fucking Enemy and Neidheart
1: and Bulldog or would you rather see Disco Inferno and Alex Ray? I would rather have done a different podcast to be honest. <laughs> Listen when the choices are that slim, you go with the best option. And the best
0: option is disco. Yeah, but that's like, what leg do I want to be stabbed in? I don't want <laughs> to be stabbed. Like... <laughs> Listen, you have to take the pain. It's just the way it is. Oh. They could a pro asking who came here to see them dance, but they're cut off by the public enemy, who Brain refers to as the world's toughest furniture movers, which is very clever. Um, they're coming down with their table... Uh, Rocco asked if everyone here was here for a dance party and there was a kind of real half-arsed yeah um there was a disco is my idol sign yes, there was. which was either you <laughs> which was either you or Chris in a time machine or it was somebody who should feel very bad about themselves now
1: listen that person has impeccable taste even by 1998
0: standards oh just absolute trash merchandise. <laughs> um So a dance battle breaks out and it's a very one thing I will say that kind of made me laugh was it was a very dadly dance battle because like I know the whole thing is that like Alex Wright and Disco's dancing is supposed to be naff and outdated and it was but like Public Enemy who were like the hip team of the early to mid 90s already look like your your uncle that's had a few too many at the wedding Yeah what the fuck was
1: that because that was not
0: dancing Mate, it was awful. The disco just shoves Rocco, and then the fools bail to absolutely serve no purpose. Listen, uh, it, enter- it entertained me, so that means it served yeah. a, pro- a purpose. We go to break, and then Jim and Davey come out. So our next match is Public Enemy versus Dog Hurt. Um, so it starts off with Bulldog running wild with clotheslines before a tag match breaks out.
1: <laughs> did you? Uh, did you really just say you were running wild?
0: I, like, I mean, as wild as he was going to get in the, in this position on this show. Can we
1: talk about, hang on, the look on Anvil's face? Because there's no way he wasn't doing crack in the back.
0: Oh, <laughs> I look, I, for legal reasons, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> um, but I, I, I've heard worse theories. He, he was sweating a oh lot. Dice. Like, a lot. He, he certainly was. Bullets. Um yeah, this is. Just, oh God, this is. Let, no can we Gym can we just skip to the while. ads? Like seriously. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'll skip through it. Uh, Bulldog tags in for more closed lines. Uh, Jim and Grunge go to the outside. Grunge slides the table in the ring as the fools attack him. Uh, the the last spot of this match was like maybe the cleverest, the only clever spot of the match. So they grab the table, and as Bulldog is attempting to give Rocco the running power slam, they run the table at him and essentially the to put them, them yeah. through the table. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, it's a DQ. Glad it was over. It's the one time I'll be glad of this. Bet go. you can't wait for the triple um,
1: threat match between the Public Enemy, the Fools, and.
0: Oh, Bullville or whatever Stop. they're called what? <laughs> Bullheart <laughs> um, so yeah as confusion reigns in the ring JJ's on the ramp with Tony and was it just me Lee, or did it sound like the way the commentary is putting it it was like JJ was coming out to solve what just happened I, do you know, I wasn't paying attention yeah it, it sounded like that's what they were saying that JJ was coming out to make sense of this DQ situation that had just happened because everybody was really confused in the ring um, but that wasn't what he was no. here to say. J- JJ was here to brag about being on a helicopter. Yeah. He talked about, yeah, he's, <laughs> he took exception to the suggestion that he drove there. Exactly. And said, yeah, that Turner paid for a helicopter for him because it was just so important. And he was so important. He says, there are times where you hate your job, but today he loves his job uh, because he can announce on Nitro, WCW title match, Hollywood Hogan and Bill Goldberg and The crowd went absolutely Mm -hmm. fucking ballistic at this. This really was the high point of the show. Um, And the I was just
1: going to say, the crowd, not only the crowd lose it, but Bobby Heenan on commentary goes
0: fucking mental. The only person happier than everyone was Bobby Mm -hmm. Heenan. Which is great. I love the
1: continuity of Heenan fucking despises Hogan.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, it's fantastic stuff. Um, but, yeah, he goes crazy. He's like, the man's got it! The man's got it! Um, it! Like, Heenan was so excited. It was like nobody smartened him up that that was going to be the announcement, and he was genuinely mm-hmm. delighted and surprised by it. Um, so it was cool. Like, even if Goldberg wasn't over, like, Rover, you know, the Heenan's reaction would have sold yeah. you on the match. Um. We got a Raven video package then with incredible computer graphics, <laughs> as he's he's standing on a, a roadside sign that has like the the flock projected on the back, and as he's walking, they're trying to like project the image on the background. But obviously, as he's walking, he's kind of clipping through it. Just sensational stuff, and it's basically him just taking credit for all the flock success.
1: Yeah, he says he takes in outcasts and like Kidman was a runaway, Scotty Riggs is a freak with one eye, and uh reese i think he says is something to... who he blinded yeah well, i mean that that's not part of the story though like he just took he yeah, took yeah, him but... in out of goodness of his heart uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i think he, he says something really bad about reese as well like but it's basically yeah. just like you know he's this great humanitarian
0: yeah um next up we have kidman accompanied by Lodi versus saturn uh, Tony has to apologise for how distracted they are after the match announcement. They kind of apologise to two competitors. I thought that was kind of cool because for once the commentators are actually acknowledging that they're distracted unlike, you know, say WWE where they're just not talking about the match at all when mm-hmm. it's happening. They're at least kind of like, look, we're sorry but this was a blockbuster announcement we have to talk about
1: yeah. it. Do you know what? You can kind of understand that when they have like something actually huge just happen. Um But I have to say, this match... This match was fucking. This was really good.
0: Yeah, no, I I would agree, Lee. This is probably, in terms of uh, in ring action, the the best we had tonight. <laughs> um, although that's not the the highest praise I've ever given a match. Um, they kind of uh, there's some good spots in this match. Mm-hmm. I really liked Saturn uh, belly to belly's Kidman outside of the ring, which I always think is a cool spot.
1: Yeah, I I loved um, Kidman blocking the uh, Tilt Whirl into like a little kind of short power bomb.
0: Hmm. Um. It goes to show where, like, Kidman's obviously still early in his career, but like he's, you can, um, you,
1: can, you can see the progression in Kidman every time
0: he wrestles. Absolutely, and with he's at the point where he's kind of at that stage everyone gets in their mm-hmm. career where, with the right guy, it yeah. can be magic. And you you um, kind of do get the impression that,
1: like, even at this early stage, like he's the next guy in the flock. Like now, now that mm-hmm.
0: Saturn is out, it's like it's like Graven and Kidman. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Kidman is the one with like the strongest positioning, the strongest personality and and clearly the best in the in the ring of the rest of them. Um I tell you, I'll tell you so after I the belly- say, I'll tell you what the
1: the pop for the uh Death Valley driver at the end. Like the the, the oh, crowd yeah. like they they don't really pop for much during the show. But like Saturn like literally getting Kidman on his shoulders and the crowd are up like.
0: Yeah, so that is uh, the the finish of the match is is hitting the the Death Valley driver and it's like it, it's one of those, the way Saturn hits it, it's, it it's, it's crunching. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it's great stuff. Um, we have then, um, yeah, right. So, um, Saturn yells into the camera that he wants to settle it with Raven at the bash. Tony, as we're going to the break, this just properly timestamps it, uh, teases the upcoming movie, Small Soldiers, <laughs> um, which I remember vividly. I, I've never, uh, never seen it do you know of the, I I
1: remember uh, I remember the adverts and stuff but I never saw it see I was yeah. a bit older than you so ah um,
0: uh, yeah yeah so it wouldn't have interested mm-hmm. you um, so there's a flashback to last week and it's uh, today's camera guy eavesdropping on Benoit and Aaron Anderson then we have uh, a vignette of Mongo and his bear co- Bears coach Mike Ditka attempting to make Mongo seem good or cool in any way and he's not <laughs> <laughs> yeah Mongo fucking sucks even like in a pre-taped interview Mongo sucks yeah um, he has one good line in it because he's talking about the, it's basically uh, a propaganda video to tease Aaron Anderson into reforming the horsemen uh, and he's saying that like he's just begging Aaron to release these stallions and he has the line saying uh, put that chip back on your shoulder and dare someone to knock it off which I thought in fairness good line mm, true and you get the impression like they're setting Aaron up as like the, I think
1: it's very heavy handed but they're setting Iron up as the coach of the horseman
0: yeah which is you know for the, it, the it, fact it, that like unfortunately he can't go it anymore, anymore at this yeah, point like, uh, is, is. It, it's
1: kind of good like repositioning of Arn like, yeah. like we haven't seen Arn have we in like the entire run not uh, really like I, I can't really think yeah so i mean no. if this is like the kind of first time we've seen him since retirement like mm-hmm. it is a kind of a good repositioning of him as that kind of outside the ring influence
0: yeah and that's the role i would first come to know him mm-hmm. under when i started watching wcw and then it was like a later revelation that like oh he used to be a wrestler oh he used to be really fucking good <laughs> at it oh my god what a spine buster uh you know um So then we have a flashback to the end of Thunder last week with the uh, NWO Hollywood beatdown of the Wolfpack. And then we have... (laughs) I'm just going to read out, and I tweeted this out. I'm going to read exactly what I wrote for this next match, Lee. And then if you want to add anything, fire away. I wrote the following words. Bobby Blaze versus Brian Adams. God. Refusing to write notes. This show is a load of shite. Fuck off everyone. I want to go home even though I'm already at home. <laughs> I don't have much to add to that other than I love Bobby Blaze's little blaze
1: logo on the back of his tights in the in the yeah. little clip art form. Um mm.
0: But yeah, fuck this. Mm. So, uh yeah, this was this was shit and this was the point where I just properly threw up my hands mm-hmm. at this show and was like this show isn't it, coming back it's from beyond this. Beyond saving at this point like. Yeah. Um, awful nothing worth talking about I don't want to spend any more time on it so our next segment uh, Raven comes out and uh, for the first time in our run on thunder Raven has key music which in our version was dubbed over by his ca Caw 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 fed music um, Dave, I am so pissed off
1: I yeah. am so fucking pissed off I love you had to know it was coming though. I fucking adore ravens wcwt music yeah and the first time he has music on this show it's that f- fucking utter shite <laughs> yeah. from 2000 2001
0: it's a banger it, it, it is the we all know the words
1: opposite of a banger <laughs> oh man i am i'm so annoyed
0: fucking did you did you honestly not see it coming? Because like I I as soon as like we started watching this and Jericho's music, I was like, oh yeah.
1: <laughs> no, because I didn't want to think about it. And then yeah. when it starts, uh-uh. I'm just like, ah. Joe, uh-uh. so I'm I'm almost feel like quitting the fucking podcast at this stage because what what what's left? They're gonna take it all from me.
0: <laughs> well, Raven does at least even with shite music come out and cut uh, a really good promo. I thought. Um, he says he accepts Saturn's challenge. Uh, he wants to remind him that their last fight was in sixth grade and saw Saturn with a black eye and a bloody nose. He says even though it's been 20 years since that fight, the result is going to be the same. He says he can't believe Saturn, a self-centered, <laughs> egotistical user, would ever turn on him, which is the most, oh, it's chef kiss. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Especially after um, his humanitarian plea or you're on the show. Yeah. And, and then in... Uh, in a statement he would almost immediately renege on says Canyon has a stay of execution until he's done with Saturn Um, next up uh, Finley versus Booker um, this was every Finley match we've ever seen so far I was hoping it to be every Booker match we saw so far but this was a very fit Finley yeah. match yeah sticking the boots in goes to the outside bit of a walk and brawl Booker's getting whooped um, he nearly steals with a roll up. Finley back on top again. Um, and, you know, we talked with Alan Forel on his show about like, is Finley the most overrated wrestler of all time? And matches like this really stand mm-hmm. that argument up um, because I, I'm noticing this crowd, which was absolutely teeming hot all night for the utter muck that had been in front of them they don't give a fuck when Finley's doing anything and the only time they react is when Booker does anything. (laughs) Yeah, it's literally Booker's offense is the only thing that gets any kind of reaction in this match.
1: Um, I'm just... I'm fed up with Finley.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I am too. Maybe Um, maybe Vince was right. Maybe he did need a leprechaun. Yeah, maybe he did. Booker hits an Alabama slammer that Tony calls a sidewalk slam and it's at this point I've just concluded... I don't think Tony Schiavone knows what a sidewalk slam
1: is. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure he
0: keeps calling it a sidewalk slam up until the end of the promotion. Yeah, and like we know now in 2020, he absolutely knows what a tope suicida (laughs) is. So if Excalibur could clue him in on the old sidewalk slam, we'd be fucking laughing. Um, Couldn't believe it. Uh, Booker uh, in the end nails the missile dropkick to complete a successful if dull defense of the TV title well uh, d- d- Booker there's te- better
1: to come at the pay-per-view
0: yeah or is there <laughs> ooh, ooh, we'll, we'll leave that tease right there as it is uh, he says Booker nails the missile yes yeah, Booker nails the missile dropkick successful defense Booker tells Brett he's going to drop him like a bad habit at the pay-per-view I always love when people say that and doing smack talk Stevie is out here uh, in what I would describe as the Days of Thunder outfit of the night (laughs) Uh, it's a pinstripe silk shirt pork pie hat and shades combination that just knocked my socks off here Lee Um, do you know know what I instantly thought of he looked like a character from Shaft yeah he did but not the Samuel L. Jackson Um, Shaft I mean the original Shaft (laughs) The original shaft. Uh, the good one. Um, <laughs> Harsh. So he, he says, he, he confronts Booker and says, instead of talking about matches, he should be going back and taking care of business. I love this. Essentially, mm-hmm. stop being so prof- professional. Go backstage and just start fighting people for no reason. Be more like
1: Scott Steiner.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says uh, Booker says while Stevie was out for eight months he was here fighting for his life every week and this belt may not mean much to him but it means a lot I'll tell you Uh, you what blew my mind
1: in that time Booker was a four-time TV champion
0: (laughs) I know yeah he said it four times I was like what
1: talk about fucking hot potato and a belt around
0: Which is great, because I think he's had two reigns on our run of Thunder, which were six of the eight months. So he had two reigns in two months, by the sounds of it, before we started doing this show. Or he had two title reigns that appeared exclusively on Nitro. What? Tell you what? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I can't rule it out. Um, Next up, right off a cliff again, Chavo Fudd is here uh, with the Acme Eddie trap. Uh, and a toy bow, I wrote fuck off. Um, Dave, can can we just not... Can we just not
1: do the Chavo segments?
0: Well, I want to... I want to... You know, our question earlier about who do you relate to on the WCW roster the most? and In this segment, Eddie Guerrero. Because Eddie Guerrero came out with no toleration for this nonsense and just beat the dog shit out of (laughs) Chavo. And... uh, The most inexplicable part was that Eddie was booed uh, even though he was trying to save the show from this. Uh, Exposes the floor and hits history's most deserved brain buster (laughs) on Chavo. Uh,
1: How can you break a brain if it doesn't exist?
0: Yeah, and then he cuts out a chunk of his hair just for the lols. Um, Thank God that segment's over. Uh, We get a replay of JJ's announcement from earlier in the night because obviously, you know, second only to the, the Bash at the Beach tag match this this. Uh, title match for Nitro is blockbuster, but what is not blockbuster are the CG graphics <laughs> for that match. <laughs> I could do better right now on paint while also co-hosting this show. I tell you what, they look fucking horrendous. <laughs> e-
1: e- oh even by even yeah, for 1998. That, that's what I mean. Even for ninety eight standards, like it's literally a fucking a wall background and a picture of Goldberg on one side. Hogan on the other and they still somehow make it look like a fucking third class project
0: yeah I'll tell you what it's one of the greatest arguments ever for wrestling being real if you want to try and prop up kayfabe is that this was clearly looks like a graphic that was assembled as if the announcement had really only happened 20 minutes ago and
1: like the the fucking A staff only work Nitro they don't work Thunder so there's like some teenager in the back going uh uh, Mr. Peterson how do we do this (laughs)
0: Oh, Mister Bischoff! Is this graphic okay? It's the spotty teenager. From <laughs> exactly, <The Simpsons>. yeah. <laughs> or it's like, or it's old Gill trying to sell the new graphics <laughs> machine.
1: So... Aww. <laughs>
0: um. So next up, we have Conan versus Canyon. It's a K Derby. Uh, the match had barely started, and the flock are already here. Uh, they surround the ring as Canyon hits uh, a fireman's carry, flapjack type deal. Uh, fun pinning exchanges uh, ref and Conan get distracted Raven is out hits the Raven effect Conan doesn't see it applies it to tequila sunrise but Canyon is already unconscious so the referee calls excuse it. me can, can, can f- I
1: correct you on something yes it's bad enough that he has that awful WWF music do not yes. use the term Raven effect <laughs> oh yes it's the even, the even flow. flow DDT
0: yeah I can't believe I did that <laughs> I lapsed You did Um, something. (laughs) Yeah, I know, yeah. Maybe I'll lay off the whiskeys on future shows. So you hit the even flow. Uh, Yeah, Conan doesn't see it. Applies the key to Sunrise. Canyon are unconscious. They call the match. Uh, The flocks start beating up Canyon. Conan Conan takes a minute to decide where he's going to come in and then comes in for the most slow motion brawl you've ever seen. This is the point that I realized in the course of a two and a half minute, maybe three minute match, Conan was so blown up. I've never seen a man more blown up. Yeah. He's not good. <laughs> no, and this was like it wasn't like he was in there for 3 minutes doing pinning exchanges with Zack Sabre no. Jr. Like this was Conan, they weren't going that far. They did fast. a couple of uh, a couple was, of
1: rolls, you know. That was it. He was sucking air. This was fucking embarrassing. Um like when Lex Luger can run to the ring and look in better shape than you. Like you, you know, you know yeah. there's something wrong. Have a word with like, yourself. Um, like yeah Lex Luger runs in for the save and for some reason we seem to be building to something involving the flock and the wolf pack
0: yeah that's what it seems like Uh, Lex is out clears house then tells Giant to come out as we go on as we go to break this clearly this is uh, this is classic WCW because the show was like 98% filler and they still went into the overrun they still couldn't, even though they had nothing to do on yeah, this they, show. They,
1: they come back from break and Tony's like, oh, we're already five minutes past the hour. I was like, how?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe it. Uh, Lex starts off like clearly no time to spare. Starts rocking the giant. And like some of the best reactions, in fairness, like Lex does so little, but is still so oh, over at this point. Like he's getting huge he's reactions. so over with WCW fans. And I mean, we get it. We, um, we met Lex Luger fans, so yeah we have we've met Lex Luger fan uh, and we would never disparage the man out of fear of our own (laughs) lives Um, so uh, Giant hits a desperation clothesline which I thought was cool like literally it looked like the last bit of energy he had to stop from getting knocked out so I thought that was a cool little spot Um, he was able to get a handle on the match through that after getting some licks in Lex hits a a jawbreaker as a defensive manoeuvre begins firing up looks like he's going to go for the rack Adams and Vincent out for the DQ. Conan comes out to even the odds. And then the flock, because reasons, they have a feud as of five minutes ago. Uh, and then Saturn comes after Raven and the show goes off the air with Giant and Lex slugging each other in the middle of the melee. Jesus, like this was just a mess. A, like it wasn't. It was like, a mess. Yeah, it was. a. They clearly ran out of time and it's like, right, you go. Now you go. Now you go. Um, yeah, not great. i tell you what.
1: I would be interested to see the flock and the wolf pack because it will be a break yeah. from
0: NWO versus NWO. That is, yeah, that look, that is a that is a small silver lining here, and I appreciate your ability to pick that out of this stream of piss main event. Uh, we go off the air not uh, just with giant legs, but they cut to the same video package from the start of the show, uh, like honestly yes you're building the right match but could you not have just done two different video packages nah cost too much money could you not have yeah apparently (laughs) Um, so yeah they just did that trailer again uh, and that was the end of the show this was uh, a fucking struggle of a show to get through Lee Uh, I did not care for it and I give you now the unenviable task of trying to pick out I don't know which is going to be harder for you winners or losers but the floor is yours my friend I'll tell you what, I'll give you three winners because they're the only three that come off
1: well out of the show. Okay. That's Raven, Saturn and Kidman. Because Raven obviously had that really great interview. He, you know, played out Canyon. Saturn and Kidman had that really good match. And Saturn gets to stalk Raven at the end of the show. Um, Mm -hmm. Losers, anyone else that competed on this fucking show because it was utter fucking trash.
0: Yeah, I can't disagree with you on any of that, my friend. It was hot, hot piss.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, honestly, um,
0: like I think this is going to be our future for the
1: next, I don't know, I want to say two, like, well, probably the
0: next four or five episodes of Thunder, probably a little bit more. At least. Um, Lee, without looking back and counting on your thing, if you haven't got it tallied already, before I go to the finish counter brought to you by Ludwig Borger, how many matches would you guess were on oh, this I show? Know,
1: I, I always count them, it's eight on this show
0: yeah so we had eight matches with five clean finishes. Was there? two d q or countouts yeah uh, and one interference leading directly to a finish, so yeah,
1: there was five clean finishes,
0: yeah, I mean clean is a relative term, but no interference leading directly to a finish in five matches yeah, um, God, it was so poor. And I'm so jealous of the Parallel Universals that are doing a Nitro podcast <laughs> and they're about to sit down and watch the Georgia Dome.
1: I, um, I'm but pretty yeah. sure I'm not positive on this, but I am pretty sure on next week's show we get the whole hogan Goldberg match in full.
0: Well, we're going to find out. Um... Because I am just, I am drained trying to get some thoughts out of my head about this show. <laughs> the notes could only take me so far. Thank God for the Thunder saving us on this yeah. one, Lee. Or if we hadn't been in such a great mood after those questions, Lord knows how great I mean, we feel this now. show could have went like 20 minutes. Yeah, it really could have. 20 minutes of just blinding fury, me whipping my glass out the window. <laughs> um, imagine imagine I if we would brought the drink. bottle up. <laughs> oh my God. I couldn't handle it couldn't handle it my friend anyway look for another episode of Days of Thunder we appreciate you all joining us again we hope you've mm-hmm. had a good time um, at WCW Thunderpod on Twitter is where to go check out the Pro Wrestling Only podcast network as well through the links that we provide um, lots of fine programming on there talking about wrestling new and old mm-hmm. with all our pals on the network. Um, so go subscribe to us, subscribe to them. You can find a whole bunch of links over at WCW Thunderpod individually. I'm at the date, Dave, and the good man on the line to me is, under, uh, is at Malone underscore 713. We'll be back in two weeks with what I think might be... Or is it the go-home it's show? the go-home for show for Bash, Bash yeah yeah go home show for Bash at the Beach so let's see if they can pick it up a little coming out of an epic Georgia Dome show and into a pay per view I won't hold my breath <laughs> but we'll see what fucking happens we'll see you all in two weeks for the next episode of Days of Thunder we'll see you soon I can see through the scars inside you I can feel the thunder that's breaking. I can see through the scars inside